because a lot of people eat Pringles when they're sort of five to ten years old or younger or whatever. And so you might not have had a Pringle for 20 years and you sort of romanticize it a bit in your mind or what it tastes like. When you actually eat it there, you think, actually, that's a pretty rubbish product. Hi there, fellow foodies, snacker heads, and taste buds. Welcome to Snacktopia, a podcast by Taste Base, where we dive deep into the snacks that you enjoy, possibly even now as you're listening. I'm Matt, and I'm here with my co-host, Alex. Hey, everyone. And we will be chatting with founders of snack food companies about their culinary creativity. Ready? Let's get snacking. So you probably have heard of and or tried snacks like Pringles, potato sticks, and planter's cheese balls. Snacks in this category are called canister snacks. In this episode, we get to chat with someone who is pushing to give Pringles, the OG of canister snacks, a run for their money. Matt from the Good Crisp Company has created a snack that is better for you without sacrificing any quality and taste. As he said, their three pillars are good taste, good ingredients, and good vibes. Hey, I'm Matt, the founder and CEO of the Good Crisp Company. We are a better for you uh, canister snack company. So, one of the most popular canister snack Pringles. Uh, we are we're a better for you alternative to that. So, we taste better. We're gluten free. We're non-GMO certified. Uh, we have short ingredients lists um, and just really fun flavors. Now, I've tried these chips, and I can agree that they do taste even better than Pringles. However, I still had to know. Why in the world would someone want to try and compete with a product as large and as established as Pringles? If I think back, I can remember a large chip manufacturer, Lay's actually, tried their own version of canister chips, and I believe that failed without a doubt. So why did Matt want to take on this challenge? Well, I'm in Australia, where I'm from. I used to have a company where we would um, import brands and, and sell them into Australia and help launch things out of usually out of Asia or Europe into Australia. So as part of that, I, I helped set up a, a canister chip brand into, into the company, a lot of private label and things like that. And so as part of that, I did a lot of research into the, the category and became very familiar with it and sort of you know, it dawned on me like what everybody knows is this is ridiculous. Why is there only one brand of chip out here? I love eating these things, but um, there's no way I like giving them to my kids anymore. Um, there's got to be a better a better option, something that I feel happy to give my kids and, and they sort of feel happy eating. I mean, I've always in, enjoyed snacks, been in snacks. Snacking is a huge part, particularly if you've, if you've got kids. It's a constant sort of part of, part of your day. You're forever looking to give kids uh, food. They don't want to eat unhealthy stuff. You don't want to be giving them junk all the time, but they're not going to eat an apple all the time. It's actually a really stressful part of, of being a parent with, with young kids. And so I thought, look, if we can come up with something that just makes life a little bit easier, that helps me out as a parent, I'm sure it's going to help out other parents as well. And that's sort of where it all came from. Besides their go-to crisps that are bursting with flavor while using good for you ingredients, they've also taken on the challenge of creating a better for you cheese ball snack compete with those planters cheese balls no we launched it's a definitely a, a newer one for us we launched that at the end of last year really so um and it's it's now going really well in fact uh this week we're launching into two and a half thousand walmart stores with our with our cheddar so that that's going to be exciting to get that out there um but it was a you know same sort of concept how do we do it like a better for you you know planters cheese ball it's in our category we're, we're in that same customer of ours we're millennial families they eat a lot of puff snacks they eat a lot of cheese Balls. So how, how can we do something that's, that's a little better, but not outside of something that we know really well? Like we're not a, a platform brand. We're not going to be doing sort of lots of other things, but, you know, literally sitting right next to where we are, we can put some cheese balls in a can and, and really help families as well. So that's the idea behind that. 
And now to round it all off, I had to ask Matt about those potato sticks I used to snack on as a kid. After all, he's looking to tackle the rest of the canister snack industry, so I figured it was probably a product he had lined up and ready to go in the near future. However, his response suggested otherwise. Right. Well, they're, they're the next other. You know your, you know your canister chips well. They're the next other one in there. And honestly, to be frank, the ones out there aren't actually that bad. You know, the, the ones there are sort of, they're, they're already gluten-free. They're already sort of not too bad ingredients, things like that. So we probably wouldn't because there'd be no point, but, but you never know. Maybe one day we will. All right. So now that we've established that they're focusing on chips or crisps, as they call them in Australia, and those cheese balls, we should chat a bit more about their flavor so you have an idea of what ones you want to try next time you go to Whole Foods, Walmart, or any of the other locations where they are stocked. We launched with three flavors originally, our original, our sour cream and onion, and we had a barbecue. Um, so we launched those three. And right away, the original and the sour cream um, just did extremely well. And the barbecue wasn't doing that well, which you'd expect barbecue to, to be less than the, the other two. It just is as a flavor. But but even even against other barbecues, it, it wasn't doing that, that well. So it was one of my early learnings of um, – because I originally launched this product in Australia and then brought it to the U.S. about five years ago. And I just took the barbecue flavor that I sold in, in Australia and brought it over. And I quickly learned that um, it, it wasn't what America's Americans imagined barbecue to be um, – didn't have that sort of smokiness to it. And, and, you know, obviously barbecue is a very sophisticated flavor here in, in the U.S. And, and, and has a lot of nuance to it. So um, I, I learned pretty quickly that, that I can't just sort of – there are different taste profiles and expectations across countries. And so now we develop all of our flavors here in the U.S. with, with U.S. sort of consumers. Um, so I, I re-engineered the, the barbecue now to what we have is our Outback barbecue. So it's still got a bit of an Australian twist to it, but it's a really smoky, strong barbecue flavor. Um, and we launched, relaunched that again in 2020, and it, it's been unbelievable. It, it's, it's a really, really popular flavor, very strong flavor for us now. So it was a, a good lesson. So are you curious about the difference between Australian BBQ and U.S. BBQ? Because uh, I was. So I needed to ask him, what was the difference? Um, it just wasn't as strong. So we're, we're a bit more of a subtle flavor to, to barbecue in, in Australia. So it was there, but it wasn't wasn't quite as strong. Well, this one is a really powerful, strong, smoky, paprika sort of uh, spice flavor, flavor to it, which just is a bit more in line with what Americans are looking for. Hey, I mean, I do like it, yeah. So I, I liked it as well. I, and, and I think, you know, if I took it back to Australia, it probably would sell really well as well. It's just It just wasn't sort of what, what we had originally developed for the Australian power. So earlier I mentioned how good crisps are competing with probably the biggest canister chip ever created. So I was curious to know when Matt will feel like he's, quote, made it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if any entrepreneur sort of ever feels quite like they've made it. You know, there's there's always something, and, and particularly at the moment, I mean, you know, with supply chain issues and all these things in the world on fire and stuff like that, like it's it's not the time that you sit back and think, you know what, we're awesome, we're doing really good. There's always there's always stuff going on. But, you know, we um, it was a big milestone for us last year. We hit over 10, 10 million. We're well over 10 million now. As, and so for me, that was like, a, you know, we're, we're getting there. We're established. We've found that, you know, to use the tech phrase, that product market fit. Like we know that people like our product. We know that we've got things right. Um, so that, that's that's been good. I do from from that perspective feel like we've definitely got something here. And, and I often say 
um, it's, it's, you know, how do I not stuff this up is sort of what, what I think. So it's not how do I make this successful? How, like, I know that this is what people want. I know that this is, this is a good product. So it's more on my mind, how do I just not stuff this up and just keep executing and doing what's right? So that's sort of how I feel at the moment. So where did the name Good Chris Company come from? Well, they have good for you ingredients. They have good tasting ingredients and they have good vibes. Seems to all make sense. Here's what Matt had to say. No, well, we originally launched under under a different name, and we had to rebrand the whole thing and redo it like two months in. So that was that was sort of a, <laughs> a quick lose. It wasn't always our brand. We originally um, had an agreement with our co-packer to launch under under their sort of brand and to help that. And, and the brand was called uh, Mami, which is it's a big brand in in Australia and Southeast Asia and things like that. But it just didn't didn't resonate here. Um, and, and I'd say, like, as was one of the Kroger buyers, I would say, oh, you know, it's, it's a big brand in, in Australia. And he'd say, well, you know, when it's a big brand in the U.S., come back and talk to me. So, okay, fair enough. Um, so it's sort of when we were looking at this, this coming up with a new brand, I thought, well, Part of the, like for me, it was like branding doesn't really matter. We'll turn it into a brand. It can be any name, you know, mammy, anything. It doesn't matter. We'll, we'll make it over time. I thought, well, that's not, we don't have the luxury here. I need to hit the ground running. So can I can I come up with a brand that is not just something that takes up space, but actually contributes and benefits to the, the packaging and, and to what we're trying to do? So I thought, what about something like the Good Chris Company? Um, it, it's more than just a random name. It actually conveys something about us being good. The idea of crisps talks about, our, you know, our U, uh, Australian and UK heritage, and this sounds a little bit fancy rather than what's there. Um, and then we, we went into this logo for fun and excitement and to stand out as well. So that's sort of um, where, where it came from. So very a very literal sort of brand, but in some degrees it sums up exactly what, what we're doing. I mean, we have, not to get too terrible, but when we were going through the brand, we have these three pillars for, for me of what makes us the good Chris company, which is good taste, good ingredients, and then good vibes. And that's essentially what we are as, as a brand as well. So it ties into all of that really well. I know this theme keeps coming up in this episode, but it's hard to avoid the elephant in the room when you're creating a snack that is competing with Pringles. I was curious about Matt's experience with trying to get people to try good crisps and convert them from being a previous Pringle eater. There is a little bit of a little bit like like they didn't expect us to taste as as good. So that's that's a big part. We we go out a lot of our way to how can we get you know chips into people's mouths, get them to try it for themselves to see and, and realize that there actually isn't any compromise. I mean, exactly to your point, Alex. Like w- it used to be that way. We're part of this now third generation of snacks. You know, the first generation was just all of our taste, none of the health, just full of chemicals, make it taste as good and addictive as possible. Then the second wave was all right. Well, let's let's you know focus on health and what's in the product but but you had to sacrifice in taste and now we're in this third generation where actually our product tastes better than pringles we win every like blind taste test that that we do so you we actually taste better and we have better ingredients so there's now no sacrifice that you need to do Um, and that's really what we focus on We're, we're a snack company and go back to sort of those three pillars we deliberately put good taste first. When we look at good taste, good ingredients, good vibe, good taste is actually consciously first. And that's not always the case for health companies. Sometimes, you know, their focus is actually good ingredients is the most important thing. But for us, you know, we, we won't compromise on taste. We're a snack company. You have to taste good. And, and maybe that means that our ingredients aren't quite the best as we would like and we'll continue to work on those things, but we're not going to sacrifice taste on that. So that's a big, big part. So um, I think people are really, you know, they're pleasantly surprised 
And, and the other thing we, we find is we started sending out when we do sampling with retailers and things like that, we would send a Pringles or, or some other canister chip with ours as well because a lot of people eat Pringles when they're sort of five to ten years old or younger or whatever. And so you might not have had a Pringle for 20 years and you sort of romanticize it a bit in your mind or what it tastes like. When you actually eat it or, or whoever it is out there, you think, actually, that's a pretty rubbish product. And then you compare it to us and realize just, just, just how good it is. Um, so, you know, it, we make sure we play a lot on, on that part. And to get the answer you've all been waiting for this episode, who would Matt share a can of Good Chris with if he had the choice? So we were, we were watching the show. I think uh, it was the Kelly Clarkson show uh, during the World of Hollow Tones. I was like, you know what? There's someone there that is, you know, uh, fun, full of life, family. I think that would be a good person that I'd love to get some Good Chris into their hand. A special thank you for our guest who came on the show to speak with us. Podcast was written and hosted by Matt Membrino and Alex Shabar. Edited by Matt Membrino. Produced by Matt Membrino. And artwork by Emily Herr. Please be sure to visit www.tastebase.com for all your snacking needs.